Hey guys, uh, welcome to Kitty Lounge. Uh, thanks for joining us. We have uh, Matt and Sergio from Lago Finance. Uh, how are you guys? Doing great. great. Good morning. Thanks for having us here. We'll be talking a little bit about your project today, but before we, we go there, I, I wanted you to give me a little bit of a background, uh, both of you guys, uh, how you got to where you are right now. Oh uh, yeah, sure. I'm gonna go first, Matt. Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. Yeah, so I got into crypto in 2015. Um, I was very interested in Ethereum. I thought the idea of a decentralized world computer was such a phenomenal, um, crazy thing that just seemed like so impactful to me as a person. I had always been interested in computer science and some of these other things, and I really saw how something like that could change the world. So I decided to get into crypto at that time. Um, I was still in college. I went through college and then I went into my master's program. And from that point, I decided that I didn't think that I wanted to go into finance. Um, it had been my passion up to that point, but I really saw the future as crypto. So I decided to drop out of my master's program and start my first crypto company. It was an algorithmic trading platform. Um, it had two parts, had a retail side of like 24-7 algo trading, um, also, you know, data, tooling, that kind of stuff, but it was supposed to be as easy to use as possible. The other side was an institutional, also like more like a big data for hedge funds, for anyone who wanted that um, extra data and that extra edge that they could get in the market. Um, we launched around the end of 2017 though, which was not the best time to be launching. So we had a lot of issues getting traction. So we ended up going, I ended up going back into finance. I worked at an FX desk for about a year and a half. It was a really good experience though, because I realized just how archaic the old traditional financial system was. This was something that was kind of a major uh, point to me of like a decision-making point, because not only had I seen the future in Ethereum, but then I had realized, oh wow, and also these old systems are very archaic and broken. So then I decided to go back into crypto startups and I've been there ever since. And yeah, now starting my own for the second time and very excited for it. And what second? about you, Sergio? To make a long story short, I, I've been uh, doing Web1 entrepreneurship in Italy. I also dropped out of college. It was uh, very interesting to study electronic engineering, but, uh, but also it was more interesting to build companies and products and, uh, and have teams of people working for a goal. So I'm more of a social person than it, than it looks like sometimes. And, uh, and uh, <laughs> studying alone on a physics books was interesting technically, uh, theoretically, but also not very applicable in the old. short term. It gets old fast, right? No, it, I think that what really, what really disappointed me was the, the time to market, right? Like your, mm -hmm. the applicability of, your, of what you're studying and how quickly you can bring it to, to, and to leverage it to, to build something. And uh, I'm not the type of person that sits five, six, seven years uh, on on a, on a theoretical knowledge and notions before being research papers, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, even then, just studying all the all the material, it was uh, it was it was interesting material, but I wouldn't see how it would apply tomorrow. And so I'm like, okay, so what am I going to do with this? How am I going to how am I going to use this knowledge about doping? Uh, silicon layers to build uh, transistors tomorrow <laughs> and the point is that you really only use it if, if you choose a career path that then brings you to to do something very specialized otherwise you've learned how to solve problems you've learned a lot of the interesting technical stuff but it's 80 90 percent is um 
is a waste of, uh, of your brain space could have been used for something else. So, of course, it was the time uh, that was early 2000. So the internet was already quite a, quite a resource to get, uh, to get what you want and the information you need for today, for, mm-hmm. for what you want to do today. Right? You can read up, use the knowledge, and do the thing. And so I was, uh, was way more attracted to that, uh, to that um, uh, life strategy. So I started a company doing uh, Web1 stuff, uh, anything from voice over IP, data center activities, and it was fun playing around with servers and uh, racks uh, in Italy. And then uh, I sold the company and moved to Asia for about 10, 15 years. That was also very interesting. I did Web2 stuff. I was based out of Hong Kong. And I sold out that company as well. Uh, I was in Africa for a little while. And then uh, finally, I settled in uh, in the US uh, six, seven years ago. And uh, and that's that coincided with my um, career switch to crypto uh, again always entrepreneurial always uh, doing things like angel investment or, or trying to start uh, my own projects and um, I initially got in- interested because of Bitcoin and the, the principles behind it and a friend of mine just sent me 0.1 Bitcoin I still remember in <laughs> 2013 or 14 and, and from there I'm like oh, okay it's cool I don't have a bank anymore <laughs> and um, and then I started looking into the cryptography of it so I've been very um, inspired by what you can do with asymmetric cryptography and and I think this is something that people need to understand a bit better because there's not going to be mass adoption of crypto if, uh, if we don't teach at school what uh, a key pair is and how to how to use uh, private and public keys uh, how to what a curve is what um, what a signature is and how to handle it and how to keep your keys safe, what a hardware key is. If, if people don't know that, there's no way that the crypto can make a difference in a way we want. Now, of course, there's another aspect of crypto, which is the, um, the infrastructure and, and uh, providing the rails for more efficient financial systems. And that's somewhat happening already. We're seeing with stable coins and other, other interesting uh, aspects of um, money moving. Um, but really, the grassroots scenario where people have their own identity, their own reputation, their own their own assets, uh, and, and depend less on on third parties and intermediary is only possible if there's um, a leap in um, in the education level. I agree so, with you. yeah, sorry, digression. And, and yeah, <laughs> I I started doing a lot of things and. Uh, and uh, again, working uh, very closely to decentralized identity projects and uh, um, uh, hardware security modules, uh, companies, and pretty much the whole span of cryptography from from silicon to to central banks. And uh, um, finally, a few months ago, I decided that it was again time to go back to my roots and uh, build uh, firsthand. So I got together with Matt we live uh, nearby so it's easy for mm-hmm. us to just gather around the around the fireplace and uh, open a few beers and, um, and flush out a few ideas and uh, that's exactly what happened the ideas were mostly around uh, capital efficiency mm-hmm. and uh, it was just at the end of the bull market it was already actually uh, dropping a little bit uh, crypto market wise and so we were trying to understand w- what worked during the bull market, what would not work thereafter, and uh, what um, what the world needs, what uh, 
uh, what is more um, introducing more capital efficiency and so we honed in on, on the current um, project and we called it Lago Finance because we were sitting in front of a lake and so <laughs> Lago means lake in Italian in Portuguese uh, that's as not well the reason. yeah <laughs> most Latin languages no it's kidding that's not the reason the reason is that uh, lake uh, lakes are where uh, liquidity aggregates in a uh, in a normal orographic uh, like landscape like hills and mountains and all the liquidity yeah, pulls sense. down in the in a lake and therefore it's the most efficient uh, uh, way to gather liquidity following a path of least resistance okay makes sense actually i didn't know where the lago name came from now i do thanks for that um so what, what i what i didn't catch from that uh is how, how did you two know each other from before this and how did you i know you live nearby but i i guess you had a little bit more in common than that and uh, if you can expand on that uh how big is now your team since you two started this uh and enterprise yeah we met at a prior startup um so we had been working together he was the first investor at this uh it was a crypto company called nodal um it was yeah it was a great experience for me i was actually working as an analyst there and we really started to um connect well because i i realized that um he knew quite a bit more than a lot of the other people that we were working with and um we really connected in that way on the crypto front because you know it was it's kind of hard even among crypto people when you're a crypto nerd Sometimes you're out on the outskirts a little bit, you know, you want to talk about the really deep fundamental stuff and everybody else is like, why are you wanting to talk about this? So we always kind of connected in that way. <laughs> and then um, from that point, yeah, we just decided to go ahead and go out on our own. Um, but yeah, as far as our team, um, it's, we're currently uh, hiring, trying to expand. We've got about six people right now and yeah, we're hoping to grow it to probably 10 or 15 within the next year. Um, and then yeah, further out from there as we need more people. So. We're currently hiring, so if anybody wants to join our team and try to build the future of DeFi, you should jump on our website and send your resume in. There's my plug. Awesome. <laughs> we'll we'll add links to, to your website on the description for sure. So guys, if you want to join the future of crypto and finance, go ahead and, and visit Lago uh, website. So uh, for anyone who doesn't know yet, you guys all are, are building a bridge. I mean, you already built it because we can see it on the testnet, actually, and you'll be soon bringing it to the to the mainnet of Kadena. So, how will the the Ethereum bridge work? Because I know there's a couple of different ways that you can build a bridge. How will your bridge work? And is it limited to Ethereum, or will we eventually be able to extend it to any EVM chain or perhaps even other kinds of blockchains? Yeah. So. A lot of questions. Uh, first of all, uh, if you if you're a careful observer and you look at the Lago namespace on Cadena, you may already see some contracts there. So it's, we're already testing on mainnet as well, and um, so it's really a matter of days before uh, before we're going to open it to the public. And we're very excited, but we also want to make sure that uh, that everyone using it has a great experience. And there's a lot of moving parts in Web3, so <laughs> every yeah. every single part has to <laughs> to behave as expected which is a real challenge. So um, the, um, lay, the Lago bridge is a mint burn bridge, which means that for every asset that is deposited on the, the other network, the other blockchain, mm -hmm. uh, an equal uh, asset is minted live on Cadena. Um, it's potentially bi-directional, so 
uh, sometimes I use the word wrapping. Or, uh, it's a little more technical, but what really happens is that you wrap, so you keep in, on hold in a vault and now sit on the on the other blockchain and and uh, you mint an equivalent on, on Cadena. Uh, we can also do the opposite eventually, possibly if we locking and wrapping assets on Cadena and issuing them on other other blockchains. Um, it's a EVM bridge, so so far it supports EVM networks and we're clearly starting from uh, Ethereum, mostly because that's where most of the assets are. And so it's just a, a very easy um, liquidity choice there. Since uh, we, we, we pride ourselves of having a liquidity related name, uh, we also yeah. want to live yeah, by yeah, that yeah. standard. So the, um, we're starting with uh, USDC, which is uh, probably the most um, uh, easy to understand asset and the one that will bring the most benefit in Catena uh, uh, blockchain, uh, being stable, being uh, uh, packed to the US dollar, being reputable um, and uh, well known already. So from the start, we'll be able to, to wrap USDC, not only Ethereum? Uh, we'll start actually, we changed our mind. We, we wanted to start from ETH, but we'll start from USDC instead. Oh, and just then, USDC? Initially, yeah. And then okay. soon after, we will open other um, ERC-20 tokens and ETH. Oh, okay. That's okay. That's news, I think. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> okay, okay. Nice to know. Nice to know. Um, and so just to, to conclude what I was asking, if in the future we were looking for like a Solana bridge, let's say, do you think it's you guys will be going that route or do you prefer to just uh, remain on the EVM side of things? Do you think it's, there's any value to bringing other blockchains to the, to the conversation? There's probably some value, but for right now, we would rather focus on our other products like the stablecoin, I think. Um, I think EVM bridges make more sense right now from a tech debt standpoint. I mean, we don't want to get too deep into trying to have too many products and servicing them. We'd rather focus on our main core offerings. And yeah, if we want to expand that to other EVM bridges, that would be a much simpler uh, lateral move than trying to go into Solana where, you know, there's also a lot of issues right now with them with uptime. So, you know, that adds a lot of technical yeah. challenges and complications for running a bridge that we probably don't want to have to be focusing yes. on while trying to build a stablecoin. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Now, I mentioned Solana because it was the first one that came to my head, but actually, I hope you don't start there. Uh, so you mentioned you are you are Lago Lake, so liquidity. Do you, do you plan to bring in any liquidity yourselves or do you expect everything to be provided by either the users or the project themselves. What do you mean by adding liquidity ourselves? On DEXs or on... <laughs> Opening my wallet of... and putting... Uh, <laughs> we're not market makers, part. so we, we definitely do not uh, deploy our capital for market making. It's not our expertise, it's not our core competence, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's not the best use of capital for us to, to deploy it for liquidity. Yeah. There's market makers uh, that do that as their primary job, and uh, we may or may not engage with them uh, in the future to work. Yeah, that was my kind of my, my follow-up mm. question. If you are thinking of engaging with market makers, since of course you're not going to uh, be deploying all your liquidity yourselves to the to the, to the exchanges, it makes more um, sense if you if you talk to 
market makers to do it. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we haven't really made a decision at this point. The the fact is that the market is uh, is really at a historical low now. So a lot of market makers are changing their strategies. It's uh, it's not an easy moment to to play the 2021 book. You know, a lot of some companies don't exist anymore from then, and the, the biggest market makers were proven to to work in a very specific way, which may not reflect our our uh, core principles. So <laughs> we'll see okay. about that. Yeah, I understand. I understand. It's a good time to build, not a not the best time to deploy and and expect liquidity to come uh, pouring in, so to speak. So, but it will eventually go up again. I'm sure. Yeah, also, it's worth noting that we're not charging users to use the bridge. Mm -hmm. I mean, users will pay their gas fees on Ethereum. We are subsidizing the ones on Cadena because they're really small anyway. But um, our goal for the bridge is not to, to milk it and, and, uh, and really monetize the, the activity. It's just to uh, allow a free flow of liquidity, which will greatly help our upcoming uh, bigger product, the, the stablecoin. So that's where our okay. focus is, and, and for us, the bridge is a means to an end. It's not an ultimate um, um, goal. Okay. So let's let's talk about the stablecoin then. Uh, well, there's there's been a lot of talk about stablecoins, as you probably know. I'm sure you know you know. Um, UST was a, a a big letdown for a lot of people. A lot of people lost a lot of money, and so. I would expect there to be kind of a fear right now with stablecoins, especially if you if you mention algorithmic stablecoins. I know you don't have a pure algorithmic stablecoin, so if you can um, explain us a little bit how, how your stablecoin works. I think it is important to start from the intended end goal. Um, if, if someone's end goal is size, uh, clearly you, you cannot expect uh, a smooth path ahead. Our end goal with uh, the, uh, the stablecoin, which is called USD 2.0, I also call it USD 2, is uh, to make payments better and faster. So today we're already seeing that some stablecoins are uh, occupying the, the space of US dollar for international and domestic settlements. A payment settlement is the moment where a payment is uh, final and uh, and uh, can't be reverted anymore, and the recipient of the payment uh, has availability of funds without uh, without uh, possibility of revocation. So that's a settlement. Okay, the banks want to keep a revocation available for weeks to, <laughs> on end after that, but that's another story. <laughs> Sorry, again, I digress. The point is our end goal is to make um, payments uh, better and with instant finality and without uh, having intermediaries that can uh, interrupt, revoke, freeze, and block assets along the way. So we want to have the best of Bitcoin and the best of USDC. To be, to be very clear. Uh, there's other aspects of uh, decentralization that have been uh, explored by DAI, by FRAX, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that introduced uh, uh, governance mechanics that are very interesting and in some cases have proven to work decently well. I mean, I've been following the, the MakerDAO saga in the last few mm -hmm. weeks and, uh, and uh, it, on one hand, it is obvious that you need leadership, and uh, I very much admire Rune for that. But at the, on the other hand, it's uh, great to see that um, 
ultimately boils down to a vote and you don't even know really who's voting and so you know some of the players but you don't know who holds all the tokens and they'll vote in the best interest of the of the community and the u- ultimate users so um, uh, we want uh, our usd2 to be the currency that uh, is uh, stable and uh, reliable as usdc when it comes to um, uh, putting faith in the redeemability and the the collateralization mm-hmm. uh, it is well governed and decentralized like Thai, uh, uh, and also is capital efficient and has the ability to uh, stand on its own feet without uh, Goldman Sachs behind it um, and that's something that has been pioneered by Frax so we very much like the Frax uh, reserve token dynamics and that's where the algorithmic um, mechanics come into place um, we've already said this before and we're very adamant on uh, uh, keeping our like, collateralization ratio that we call operational collateral ratio uh, very high so we want to make sure that um, the, the algorithmic part is so low that you can make up for it uh, by means of revenue so uh, a big treasury yields revenue and uh, if the treasury is utilized to uh, backstop the, the the missing part of the, the collateralization uh, due to the collateral ratio then you can uh, still obtain full mobility which means that you yeah. still have all the all the currency in in the pocket in in a piggy bank to re-exchange on redemption every single token holder with uh, an equal amount of um, pegged currency okay. initially the dollar makes sense makes sense okay thanks for for the explanation are you uh, now that we're on this um questions of security and and safety do you plan to implement any audits for any of your uh, uh project uh, uh products in this case yeah we definitely do we've actually started uh, talking to multiple auditors We're getting that process going already. Um, we really want to focus. We're actually thinking about having multiple auditors go after this. Of course, security is absolutely paramount to what we're doing. I mean, like we're talking about with Terra, you really want to have um, a stable coin should be stable first and foremost, and it should be secure and it should be <laughs> redeemable. And that, I mean, it, it seems like that is something that's been lost on many people, but we want to start from the ground up with the most solid foundation that we possibly can have. So yeah. It's definitely um, something that's on the top of our mind right now. That's that's awesome to hear. Uh, yeah, and UST, I mean, that's that was the the idea to be being stable, but it, it proved otherwise. And I, I, I'm glad that you guys are thinking of safety first for your users and for the whole the Cadena community. Uh, and Sergio, you mentioned uh, governance and how that that's important to you. So. From what I understand, you'll have a, 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 your own token, Lago, that will be used for, for, for that purpose, right? Can you yeah. go a little bit into how you plan to, to implement that governance system with Lago? Absolutely. Lago has a dual purpose. The first one is governance and the second one is a reserve token. So it, it's um, very similar to the FXS token by Frax. So the Lago tokens are uh, required to mint a USD to stablecoin in the proportion defined by the operational collateral ratio, which is going to be a very minor part of the, the single dollar issued. And um, 
also the same tokens can be both locked and uh, held for uh, governance voting. So Matt is our expert in, in tokenomics. I'll let him elaborate on this. Yeah, so yeah, we're t we've taken a lot from other major DeFi 2.0 platforms. Um, we're really thinking about trying to um, create a, a better way for a vote locking system that um, includes more parties and is also uh, a better system for making sure that the people who are actually the closest to the stablecoin have the most say. Um, mostly through the ability of vote locking for different time periods. And the longer you lock, the more of a share that you have for your voting. We really think that this um, aligns all the incentives for all parties involved and ends up making a much better system moving forward than some of the other ones that you've seen throughout, you know, other stablecoin products. I think that, yeah, I think that aligning incentives is so important and it's something that people really miss with tokenomics. Um, if you don't have the right incentive structure in place, especially adverse incentives, where people can come in and they can game how it works it really creates issues i mean one yeah. platform we've seen with that is curve um really you know they created this very interesting huge you know product that ended up being like a fire hose of liquidity but they didn't really put the right controls in place for controlling this fire hose and so i mean now you know there's been this colloquial curve wars that are happening between all these DAOs. And I mean, of course, this is a very interesting thing and in seeing how it's played out, but I mean, they definitely could have managed it better to where they would have gotten more, um, how, how do you say it, control of it on their own end. So yeah, I think that there's a lot of these examples that you can look at to try and build better systems in the future that have more control and that you don't have these adverse incentives for people to try to come and co-opt or parasite off of your product. Yeah, makes sense, makes sense. Um, so, you've mentioned that the bridge is coming in a matter of days, right? Uh, for USCC at least. And can you share a little bit more about your um, goals in terms of timings for other assets, uh, for the for the stablecoin, and for the LIGO token, maybe? Yeah. Um, so I would say. We would, we would like to probably have another asset out within the month after. Um, the stablecoin will probably be sometime within maybe end of Q3, beginning of Q4. We'll kind of have to see. We don't like to, to set ourselves to hard deadlines, but I mean, we would like to have the V1 of the stablecoin out as quickly as possible so people can really start getting that use within the Kadena ecosystem. I mean, you know, the bridge we built first and foremost for the Kadena ecosystem to help, you know, I mean, it just needed stablecoin. And therefore, we're bringing USDC. We're going to bring our own USD2. We think that this is really going to help turbocharge Kadena and to help put them on the map and provide, you know, a lot of services to decentralized exchanges like KD Swap. And, you know, um, hope to see in the future that a lot more, there's a lot more liquidity that's added through that. I mean, usually stablecoin pairs are the highest, you know, liquidity pairs. Normally, that's where people go because that's where you can get the value. So, I mean, yeah, we're very excited to bring that to Kadena and hopefully to help the ecosystem boom. I, abs I absolutely think that um, liquidity is what we're missing and a stablecoin will, will most definitely help with that because, you know, it's like you said, people want to trade against uh, the dollar. They want to trade against Kadena. They want to keep as many Kadenas as possible, right? So they don't want to trade against that. They want to trade against dollars. And that's that's exactly what I, what I feel that is lacking in Kadena that, so that we have that boom in, in uh, adopt, uh, the adoption, so to speak. And men, uh, One speaking interesting, of, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, sir. Yeah, sorry. One interesting metric to look at is also how other decentralized stablecoins or also centralized stablecoins are being um, 
circulating through the markets and um, it's I have mixed feelings about uh, liquidity pools and the necessity for them to be of huge size uh, again if, you, if your ultimate goal is size probably there's something wrong ultimately in, uh, in your plan um, we have noticed that some stable coins I'm not gonna make names now but anyone can do their own research it's very available data some stable coins have up to 80% of their uh, total supply locked in liquidity pools locked for a long time and that makes you wonder then what's the utility for those stable coins if it's just locked there sitting um, is it really uh, solving the problem of payments probably not and um, so if we want to solve for high velocity payments and uh, instant finality having 80 per the day i'll see 80 percent of the usd2 total supply locked in pools left and right i'll be scratching my head and say mm, maybe we're not solving that problem really so that's one consideration and the other is that um uh, the, the stable coins chain should be changing hands a lot and, and uh, what we want is an efficient market that allows for this uh, to happen through uh, distributor channels. Uh, and there's other stable coins that, that you can see also, again, with a little bit of research, that instead uh, make it a business for people to on-ramp and off-ramp uh, from, uh, from their, uh, their tokens. And again, it, in a very centralized manner with, uh, with bank-style um, utility uh hopping on and off a currency going through uh somewhere between an otc and a, and a semi-automated bank desk i don't think is really what a stablecoin should be striving for uh, it, and especially if you see that in a day um most of the transactions in terms of value actually enter and exit the liquidity that way it means that the token is not solving the problem of payment mm -hmm. it's solving some other problem which i'm not fully aware of probably trying to 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 snatch a, a little higher yield and again that's something that, that is very close to me I, i'm um i'm unfortunately my brain is very small so i can only think one thing at a time <laughs> not multitasking and as such i project that uh, that inability to <laughs> to to think big in our strategy and uh, i think that a stable coin should just be a stable coin once you start um combining uh, yield products yield generating products uh, basically lending uh together with the stable coin product all in one i mean we've seen it going bad already once and yeah, uh, i think we'll really see more of that uh but uh there's something off something off frankly but it's, I, it's not, not supposed to be like that that that's something i mean you're bringing the stable coin, but you cannot control how it will be used, right? And I mean, I do understand your your concerns, uh, but I think there's a lot of DGen still on on DeFi, and I think people are attracted to those high APIs. APIs. Yes, what I'm saying is that the stablecoin issuer should focus on issuing stablecoin and keeping it stable and governing it. Some other project will do the lending. Exactly, That's what exactly. I'm saying. The separation here is very important. Separation of duties. Um, we've seen so even the biggest stable coins around will just uh, will just uh, uh, offer products to redeposit the newly minted uh, and bought stable coin back into their treasury, so they give you yield. I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> That's not yeah, solving yeah. the the settlement issue. That's a way a way to park money. So you want to be a bank, 
oh, you want to be a bank? Okay, fine, let's be a bank. Then why do you need a stable coin? If you want to be a bank, just uh, just take the dollars, right? It, it's everything. Sure, because it's a little easier to 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 lend out uh, a crypto asset than a, than a dollar. But we've also seen how that bubble went. Frankly, now if you look at the yields uh, coming from stablecoin deposits, like Vanilla, actually not much better off than a traditional bank. So yeah, it's um, it's two so, different products. So you you were saying that you you believe that uh, you should be separate. So you you are bringing the stablecoin. You're not bringing the DeFi protocol, so to speak. So are you are you keeping that? Uh, very holistically, so are not um, like deploying other products, other DeFi products, not partnering with uh, I don't know exchanges or anything. You're just keeping to the the simple core of bridge and and stablecoin. Okay, so our roadmap is ambitious, and it may or may not have accessory products and complemental products attached to the main mission in the future. My point is that those products, if and when should be very separate in governance and mechanics and uh, and uh, and also consumer understanding from the stablecoin that's what i'm saying it has to be designed in a way that there's hermetic seal between between the two products they can be combined for for a good user experience but it has to be obvious to everyone including the user and user that those are two products and you're just combining them absolutely so I think the only thing we need we we didn't talk about yet is Cadena itself, right? So you built this um, this protocol, but you could have built it anywhere. You chose Cadena for some reason, I would assume. Uh, what was that reason? Can you both give it a little bit of perspective on how you found Cadena and why you decided to to build here? Yeah, I'll go ahead and start. So I. I, we've, we know all the major layer ones. We know most of the team. We know their founders. Um, some some personally, some, you know, we just know through other people. Um, we really think that Cadena has the best tech. We think it has the best opportunity to actually go to a mass market. The ability to expand out through the braided, you know, chain architecture and be able to just infinitely increase the amount of chains is something that we have not seen before yet in crypto. I mean, most of the projects that are trying to solve something are solving it in the exact same way. Like, let's create a queue system and let's make the block time smaller and then let's try to shrink the fees. And we've already seen how that is playing out now. Eventually, I mean, like I was saying earlier with adverse incentives, you have a lot of these uh, parasitic players who are coming in and ruining these systems. And that's what's going to happen. But with how Kadena is doing it, there's a real opportunity here to scale to 100 million people and have them all on different chains. But those chains can talk to each other. So to us, building a stablecoin product that we think is going to bridge De decentralized finance and traditional finance. This is so important to us looking out into the future. And we think that, you know, given, and also, I mean, the Cadena team has just been great. I mean, we know we know most of the team now, they've been extremely helpful. Anytime we have a question, someone's willing to answer it for us. I mean, yeah, we would recommend anybody who's thinking about building on a new layer one, that Cadena should be like near the top of their list, um, especially now. And I think that, you know, we're just starting to see this spring off point. You know, there's so many new projects coming in. There's so much hype that's happening right now. Even even just the users of Kadena. I mean, there's there's so many um, kind people, and you know, it's it's such a different area of crypto than you see with the typical you know Dgen type who's like upset and like, oh my god, it needs to go up today. Why isn't it up 10% right now? You know, the Kadena community and the ecosystem has really been um, welcoming to us, and you know, we really appreciate that. So I think that Kadena is just overall a great place to build. What about you, Sergio? Yeah, Sergio, any anything to add to that? 
Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by the potential for proof of work. I think that um, the hype for proof of stake has been um, um, positive in some ways to, to unlock certain capabilities of blockchains uh, while research and development goes on, but at the same time, it's sacrificing uh, some of the, the original uh, security tenets that, that, that really made block, uh, Bitcoin what it is today. And so the, the opportunity to see a layer one bring the aspects of Bitcoin and aspects of uh, scalability in, all in one is very exciting for me. And again, remember, uh, we want to build a stable coin that has aspects of Bitcoin and aspects of, uh, of uh, USDC. So uh, we definitely need a layer one that also supports that uh, technologically, not just mm -hmm. uh, in principle. Yeah. I'm very well, excited to see actually to, uh, I can't wait for the for the um, amount of chains to, to scale up the, the parallel chains and braided chains to, to scale up to hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands because that's also when we will see yeah. the energy efficiency really uh, uh, become uh, top standard and, and the, the opportunity for a miner to mine at the same time on all chains is uh, is what will really unlock um, superiority yeah. absolutely technological absolutely. choices yeah and we we're just missing the bridge and the stablecoin for that <laughs> then all everyone will come <laughs> marching into Kadena. Yeah. <laughs> no, i'm kidding but I, I think it will be a, a very important step in that direction and i i would like to thank you both of you for for uh building on Kadena and accepting my invite to talk a little bit about your project uh if you have anything else to share anything you want to to add uh just let me know Yeah, follow us on Twitter at Lago Finance. Uh, on, on top of our website, you'll see a link to the careers page. It's a simple form where you can drop your information. We may not come back to you right away, but uh, by the end of the month, we'll start, uh, we'll start uh, organizing ourselves for, uh, for the recruitment phase. Thanks yeah. for having us here, Alfonso. All, all of that will be added on the description below. Uh, sorry, I cut you off, Matt. Go ahead. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, just follow. Yeah, Twitter Matt Alago at Matt Alago Finance, um, Discord at Matt Lake. Um, yeah, so just yeah, join us on Discord too. That'd be great. You know, we're really trying to build a community and have you know the people of Kadena know exactly what we're doing, and so that's the best way that you can find information about us on Discord and Twitter. Absolutely, we'll add all of those social links uh, on the bottom, and that's it for today. Uh, thanks, thanks again for both of you and see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye.